Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. TheGroveWR.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Today, we're going to wrap up Deuteronomy. Been in Deuteronomy since the beginning of the year. This is the final installment on this series. We've entitled the series Here, H E A R, which comes from the Shema, Deuteronomy 6 and 4 where we are told to hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and we are to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so here is an acronym for holy, engaged, and anointed to reign. We're going to be in Deuteronomy 34 today. Deuteronomy 34. And we're going to look at this entire chapter. It's only 12 verses in Deuteronomy 34. I'm going to read these 12 verses, and we're going to get into this word from God, which I pray will bless y'all as much as it has been blessing me. Deuteronomy 34, I'm going to begin at verse 1. I'll be reading from, I believe, the New, the New Living Translation. New Living Translation, Deuteronomy 34, verses 1 through 12. 1 through 12. So this coming Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we're going to launch a new Bible study where we're going to focus on the, the vision for Union Grove with our four biblical imperatives, uh, learn, serve, give, connect. We're going to expand those a little bit and uh, share one uh, of the principles, one of the imperatives each Wednesday in June. All right. And so uh, meet me online Wednesday, 630 p.m. as we uh, this coming Wednesday, we'll talk about learn and renew your mind, learn and renew your mind. For right now, Deuteronomy 34, starting at verse 1. Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah extending to the Mediterranean, Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab, but to this day, no one knows the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear, and he was as strong as ever. The people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh 
and all his servants in his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. Amen. I want to talk this morning from the thought, the legacy of a surrendered servant. The legacy of a surrendered servant. servant. What, what is a legacy? Merriam-Webster defines legacy as something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. Brazilian mixed martial artist Vic, Vitor Belfort who is a devout Christian, gives us something worth remembering as it pertains to legacy. He said, legacy is not what I did for myself, is what I'm doing for the next generation. Legacy is not what I'm doing for myself. It's not what I did for myself. It's what I'm doing for the next generation, end quote. And we have in our text today the legacy of a surrendered servant, Moses. Moses is described in verse 5 of our text as a servant of the Lord. That word servant can be translated slave. It can be translated subject. It can be translated bondman or in bondage. So in other words, Moses was enslaved to God. God was not simply someone or the man upstairs in whom Moses believed. Moses had surrendered his life to God as his master. And Moses was his servant. And he left a legacy of what the Lord can do with a surrendered servant. And this, this is a legacy, y'all, that we all ought to strive to leave ourselves. And to get a better idea of what I mean, let me, let me give you three things to observe and we're going to raise up. Number one, number one, the Lord can use a surrendered servant who can take a whooping and keep on serving. The Lord, the Lord can use a, sur a surrendered servant who can take a whooping and keep on serving in the first four verses of our text when God when God takes Moses up on the mountain and shows him all the land of Canaan the, the whooping the whooping is in verse number four the, the whooping that God is now giving Moses is in verse four verse four uh, Moses had looked at all of this land the Lord said to Moses this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham Isaac and Jacob when I said I will give it to your descendants I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. That's Moses' whipping. Moses uh, climbed up Mount Pisgah. The Lord showed him all the land, the, the whole land. The Lord showed Moses uh, Mount Nebo to the north, all of Nephtali toward the northwest. He, he, he looked westward and, and saw all the land of Judah, then southward. Moses saw the Negev and, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, even as far as Zoar. And as Moses is surveying the promised land, he sees what God, uh, what, what, that God is faithful to his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God said, this is the land that I promised to give them and to give to their descendants. And Moses is looking at this land and he's seeing that God will do just what he said he would do. He said he would give his people this land and Moses sees with his own eyes, God is about to give these people this land just like he said he was going to do. He sees with his own eyes the faithfulness of God. 
But he also sees the faithfulness of God and not only and how and how when he looks at the land that God is giving the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But 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 Moses sees with his own eyes the faithfulness of God, where when God says he is going to give you a whooping, God is going to give you a whooping. When God says he chastises those whom he loves, God will do just what he said he will do. God is going to give Canaan to Israel. He, 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 sees, uh, he sees God, is, Moses sees God is punishing him just like he said he would. God told Moses uh, way back in Numbers chapter 20 when, when, when Moses had, uh, uh, they, they had run out of water and God told Moses, speak to the rock. Speak to this rock and, and once you speak to it, I'll cause water to come forth from the rock to quench the thirst of the people of Israel. Moses was so irate. The people had so gotten on his nerves. They, they, they rubbed him the wrong way so bad. I know none of y'all you've been saved so long. Ain't nobody rubbed you the wrong way like this in a long time. Moses, Mo, Moses, Moses was so outraged at the people complaining and nagging and just wasn't satisfied with anything instead of speaking to the rock Moses took his rod his stick and he struck the rock two times God said all right you uh, you disobeyed me now the water still came forth from the rock though didn't it the water still came forth from the rock and some people would, some people could say but but God still moved but God still made a way out of no way yeah but you you, you didn't do it the way he told you to do it and because Moses disobeyed God at the rock, God told Moses, all right, I'm going to allow you to lead the children of Israel to Canaan. I'm going to let you see it, but I won't, I won't let you live in it. That was Moses' punishment for disobeying the command of God. So in Deuteronomy 34, when Moses looks at all of Canaan, the north, the northwest, the west, and the south, and all of the land as far as his eyes could see, God was giving Moses the whooping that he told he was going to give Moses. It's almost like when, when, you, when your child cuts up at the mall or at Walmart, you might give them a little taste of something, something out there in public, but you whisper in their ear, you wait till I get you home. You, you wait until I get you to the house. Then you give them a little something more to think about when you get them to the house. Moses, Moses cut up at the rock and God told him, you just wait. You just, you just wait. I'm going to get you, but you wait. I'm, I'm going to get you. And here is Moses receiving his whooping for disobeying God. But despite how Moses knew God was going to whoop him, how he knew God was going to allow him to see Canaan, but not live in Canaan, he kept on serving God anyhow. He kept on, he kept on yielding himself to God for God to use him. God continued to use Moses because Moses knew he had disobeyed God and was going to be forbidden to enter Canaan. But, but he continued to serve God and his people. He, he allowed people to get under his skin. He, he allowed his anger to get the best of him. He, he disobeyed God. He knew he would get a whooping, but he stayed in the game. He stayed in the game and that's a that's a great picture of surrender to leave behind. That's a great picture of surrender uh, uh, for a legacy to leave behind. Moses knew he would not be allowed to live in Canaan, but he did all he could all he could to get Israel as close to Canaan as the Lord would allow. 
He knew he would not have any land there. He knew he'd never have any houses there. He knew he'd never personally benefit from the blessing of Canaan. Yet he was such a surrendered servant that he did everything in his power again, y'all, to get his people uh, as close to occupying Canaan as he could. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you one reason why Moses was that surrendered where he could take a whooping and keep on serving. One reason why Moses could take a whooping and keep on serving was because this thing was bigger than him. Moses was sold out to a vision that was bigger than him and would outlive him and he wasn't consumed with how he would benefit personally from the vision that God was trying to fulfill and when you're serving a vision that is bigger than you you don't quit when you know you're the one who was disobedient when you're serving a vision that's bigger than you you don't quit when you know that you're the one who messed up you're the one who lost your temper you're the one who let folks get up under your skin when you're serving a vision that's bigger than you you can take your whipping from the Lord and keep on serving with passion and determination and focus and faithfulness and I want to, I want to encourage everybody in here to be that kind of servant be that type of servant, the type of servant who won't allow a whooping, a rightly deserved whooping, make you quit. Be that type of servant, the type, the type who's not serving for a check or applause or a larger platform. Be that type of servant, the type of servant where it ain't about you. You're more driven. You're, you're, you're more driven by, by the God who's using you. You're more driven by the God who's going to do great things through you. And you, you it's just too much in you for you to quit. Is anybody praying? with me today oh yeah when when you listen when, when you when you're serving a vision that's bigger than you you can take your servant you can take your whooping from the lord and keep on serving well when when you mess up and you know you've messed up and you've got to endure well-deserved punishment from god because if god wants to continue to use you let him use you and isn't it good to know that even when we mess up god still wants to use us isn't it good to know that God will punish you but still use you to fulfill his purpose and fulfill his vision if God wants to continue using you even when he knows he's going to chastise you later then let God use you. I've seen some basketball games. I'm sure, uh, EJ, you may have seen some basketball games where, where, where a coach as soon as a player mess up on the court the coach puts him on the bench. As soon as they do one thing wrong, the coach yanks them out the game, puts them on the bench. God is so awesome. God is so merciful. God, God is so long-suffering. You can mess up, but God will keep you in the game. And as long as God is willing to keep you in the game of advancing his kingdom, then stay in the game and let God use you. The legacy of a surrendered servant includes that the Lord can use you when you can take a whooping and keep on serving but the second thing I want to share y'all is the Lord can use a surrendered servant until God says that's it that's it God God can use a surrendered servant until he says that's it look at verse 5 verse 5 Deuteronomy 34 verse 5 so Moses the servant of the Lord here it is died there in the land of Moab Verse 7 says Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. Serve until the Lord says, that's it. 
That's it. Be, be that faithful. Faithful to where you serve the Lord until he says it's over. Some folks are faithful until they aren't recognized from the pulpit. Some are faithful until they can no longer endure criticism. Some are faithful until they don't get their way. Some are faithful until they feel as though they're ineffective and therefore wasting their time. And then some are faithful until the Lord says, that's it. This is the end of the road. I'm calling for your transition. And Moses was that type of servant. He served until the Lord said, that's it. When, when, when God said, that's it, Moses died. Moses didn't decide when he was done. The Lord did. Moses didn't decide when he was finished or when he was through. The Lord did. Be that type of servant. The type of servant who serves until the Lord says, that's it. You're done here. And when God said, that's it, again, y'all, Moses died. He died after the Lord said, that's it. You're, you're done here. Moses died. That's what surrendered servants in the kingdom of God do. We die. We die to ourselves. Some of us cannot transition when the Lord says so because we've never died to ourselves. We have never surrendered and died to the point where the Lord orders our steps. The Lord decides where and how long we serve when, when we transition, when, when we, we make those decisions. And sometimes, sometimes we make those decisions that I'm done with this. I'm, I'm through here. I'm, I'm through with this. Sometimes we make those kinds of decisions on some weak grounds. Bless his holy name. Too many servants, too many servants in the kingdom transition and say that's it long before the Lord says that's it and ordains a transition. Don't be that type of servant. Don't transition prior to the Lord saying it's time. That's it. Die. Die to yourself. The apostle Paul talked about such a death, dying to our fleshly, sinful, worldly desires and passions. In fact, he likened it unto a crucifixion. A crucifixion. He likened such a death to oneself as a brutal, messy, humiliating, painful, excruciating crucifixion uh, of, of that part where, where, where that the will, the combats, that combats the will of our heavenly fathers. When our will combats the will of our father. Here's what Paul said to the Galatians in Galatians chapter five, verses twenty-four and twenty-five. He said, "Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires." Desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every believer is expected to live this way, crucified or dead to our passions, our desires, and, and weaknesses that drive us to disobey the will of the Father. God said, that's it, and Moses made a transition because he died. Moses didn't struggle. He didn't struggle with this transition, but sometimes, y'all, if we're honest, it is indeed a struggle to transition when the Lord says, that's it. Jesus, our Lord, gives us a picture of the struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane. He struggled with the notion of being literally crucified and asked the Father if the cup of the cross could pass or, in other words, if there was another way to redeem all of mankind. Jesus gave us a much-needed lesson on how surrendered servants talk when our own will contradicts the will of our Heavenly Father. When he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. 
That's how surrendered servants who have died to themselves and live a crucified life talk. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Just as Moses still had good health, good eyesight, plenty strength, he could have continued to serve, but God said, that's it. And we too, we, we, we too may find ourselves feeling there's plenty gas left in the tank, but God calls for a transition. But vice versa, uh, there are times when we feel there's no gas left in the tank and we can't take any more, but God calls for us to continue on. Living as a surrendered servant who is dead to him or herself, push their own feelings aside and declare, nevertheless, not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Then in that 10th verse, that 10th verse, when we talk about this surrendered servant who, who, who served until God said, that's it, it is said of him in verse 10, and I think this may be, may be why uh, Moses could serve until, until God said, that's it, it says that God knew him in verse 10, God knew him face to face 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 to face the lord had known moses or communed in fellowship with moses face to face isn't that empowering and helpful uh, to include in this description of moses legacy that god communed with him spoke with him fellowship with him interacted with him face to face face to face it's, that's that's the kind of relationship moses had that's the kind of worship moses had where he and god communed face to face maybe that's how he was able to live such a surrendered life maybe that's how he was empowered to serve god until the lord said that's it and so i'm wondering if that could help you and i uh, could it help us to die to ourselves if we communed with god so intimately through prayer and heart-to-heart -heart conversations where it's similar to god interacting with moses face to face i, I wonder if you have a relationship with god where y'all commune heart to heart where where you you open your heart to god and pour out your heart to god and you're not hiding anything from the lord you you're talking to god about your innermost secrets your your deepest most private most top secret kinds of issues but but god communes with you and talks to you from his heart and reminds you that you're still his own he reminds you that you still have favor on your life he reminds you that he he still loves you with an undeniable immeasurable love anybody know what I'm talking about Moses how could you live how could you live a, such a surrendered life and Moses will probably tell us I communed with God face to face make time for that y'all make time for heart to heart communion make time for face to face conversations make time for face to face communion pursue that type of relationship with the father go beyond mere belief in him pursue intimacy where he speaks to you face to face heart to heart meditate on his word day and night and I bet I, I, I bet God will bless you and strengthen you and anoint you afresh and give you strength and power uh, new renewed and day by day when you commune with him heart to heart and face to face and you may as well do it because let's be honest let's be honest commune with God face to face because the devil doesn't have a problem getting in your face 
The devil doesn't have a problem getting in your face and getting in your ear and trying to get in your spirit and getting all in your family and getting in your health and getting in your relationships and getting in your finances and getting in your mind, getting in your imagination. If the devil has no problem having face-to-face conversations with your mind, face-to-face conversations with you and your destiny, then by all means, have some face-to-face time with God early in the morning and even at noonday hour and late in the midnight hour, have face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversations with God. Allow the Father to dictate your moves and cause God to order your steps in your career, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your whole life. Because that's what surrendered servants do. Are y'all praying with me today? The legacy of a surrendered servant includes that the Lord can use you and you can take a whooping and keep on serving. Secondly, the Lord can use a surrendered servant until he says that's it. And finally, finally, the Lord can use a surrendered servant who has the audacity to do something awesome. The Lord can use a surrendered servant who has the audacity to do something awesome. I'm in verses 11 and 12. Verse 11, verse, verse 11 says, The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. God used Moses to do some awesome things, perform mighty miracles. And isn't this a wonderful thing to talk about on Pentecost Sunday? Yeah, on Pentecost Sunday, the, 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 when the, the, the 50th day after the resurrection of our Lord, when the Spirit of God descended upon the church and empowered them to be witnesses for the Lord Jesus, isn't it appropriate to talk about signs and wonders and, and miracles as a result of the power of God through a surrendered servant who would have the audacity to do something awesome? And please note of what the Bible says in verse 11, that, that these, 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 these awesome things, these awesome things, that God did in in verse 11 it says uh, Moses was sent and performed miraculous signs and wonders in Egypt he was sent to Egypt he he didn't just up and decide to chill in Egypt he he was sent to Egypt I would even propose for all of our consideration that Egypt, when Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep on the backside of that desert, that, that Egypt was not on Moses' radar at all. In fact, Moses was reluctant to return to Egypt, but he went where he was sent. And the Lord used him to do something awesome. Moses' will, Moses' preferred places to live did not include Egypt. But the Lord sent him there and he went there because he was sent. Surrendered servants ought serve in places and spaces where the Lord sent them to serve. Let, let that be your legacy. You went where you were sent by the Lord and you served there with mighty power and did something that inspired awe toward God. The Lord used you to do something amazing there. That place where you were reluctant to go. That place where you were reluctant to stay. That place where, where you were reluctant to go. God used you mightily there. Is anybody praying with me today? Uh, uh, I, I pray that's where you are today. I pray that's where you are right now. A place where the Lord has sent you. 
in a space, in, in a ministry, in some context where you surrender to God's will and serving there in expectation of manifestations of his mighty power. This is where Moses served with mighty power at the place where he was sent. And please note in verse 11, it also says that he did these mighty things against Pharaoh, against Pharaoh. Now Moses showed up needed God's power against that joker. But when Moses was going at it with Pharaoh, Moses was going at it with Pharaoh, it really wasn't a battle between Moses and Pharaoh. The whole ordeal was bigger than those two men. And the battle you're facing where you are is bigger than you and whomever you're at odds with. You see, Pharaoh was deemed a god, a deity. He was very powerful to where he mandated that Hebrew babies born male were to be killed and no one could check him. No one could protest him. No, no one could file a lawsuit against him to make him to stop. No one could get a court injunction against the mandate to kill these Hebrew baby boys. He was powerful. He was powerful. And again, he was deemed a God, a deity. So the battle between Moses and Pharaoh was bigger than a battle between two men like Biden and McConnell. It's bigger than a battle between two men like Martin Luther King Jr. and Herbert Hoover. It's bigger than a bigger battle between two men like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. This battle between Moses and Pharaoh was actually between Moses' real God and Pharaoh being a fake God, a bootleg God. It was, it was a battle between Moses and the real power of God and Pharaoh with bootleg power. And some of y'all in a battle with people who have bootleg power. This battle was between a real supernatural power of a real God uh, of light versus a mere man who, worshiped, uh, who was worshipped as God with, un with limited natural and political power. God sent Moses to a place where he would face powerful darkness. And if Moses was going to accomplish what God sent him there to accomplish, he needed the power of God to manifest miraculous signs and wonders let me tell you something let me tell you why you are where you are let me tell you why you're up against what you're up against and why you deal with the types of people you deal with is because if you are at a place where God has sent you God sent you there so you could do something awesome God sent you there so that he could manifest his power through you despite the obstacles that you're facing, despite the fierce opposition you're up against. And we, if we let God fight our battles through us, we can come out with a W. This is why we cannot take opposition and obstacles personally. But it's hard, ain't it? It's hard when you know somebody is not treating you right. You know somebody is, is, is doing you wrong. You know they're not being fair with you. You know they're trying to be difficult with you. But our battles are not against flesh and blood. Our battles are against darkness. Our battles are against evil and weakness. Our battles are against evil and wickedness. Our battles are against the kingdom of the evil one and his wicked dark agenda. Moses was in a battle of oppression versus liberation. Darkness versus light. The will of God versus the will of the wicked one. 
Moses going at it against Pharaoh was a battle between God fulfilling his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob versus God not doing what he said he would do and looking unfaithful or too weak to fulfill his promise. This was bigger than this. This was larger than Moses and Pharaoh. And if Moses was going to prevail, he needed God to manifest his power as he used Moses in Egypt. And God did it. I said, God did it. God manifests his power. God moved through Moses and because Moses had the audacity to try and do something awesome. God did it. God worked miracles in those plagues. Y'all remember those plagues in Egypt? You had the plague of, of, of the water turning to blood. You had the plagues of the, the plague of the frogs where there were frogs everywhere. All in folks' beds, all up under folks. Some of y'all, you hear one frog somewhere in your house. You got to get the whole house fumigated. You got to get it torn down and rebuilt again from the ground up. You heard, you heard something in the kitchen. Didn't even see the frog. These folks had frogs everywhere. Lice. Plague of lice. Plague of flies. Plague of livestock pestilence. Plague of boils. Plague of hail. Plague of locusts. Plague, one plague where there was darkness over the land for three whole days. Bless his name. All of these plagues were demonstrations of God's miraculous power. And they happened over a span of three years. Three years. Three years. Moses going at it with Pharaoh. Plague after plague. For three years. Some of y'all can't last three weeks. Three months. Three years. Do you know how frustrating it is when you're in a battle for three years? One or two of y'all know. One or two of y'all know what it's like to fight something, fight against something for three years. You know how frustrating it is when you're in a battle for that long. And some of y'all, some of y'all know three years in a place where you know the Lord sent you and you keep fighting opposition and striving to overcome obstacles. But as long as Moses kept serving, the Lord kept working. The, as long as Moses kept serving, the Lord kept working. As long as Moses kept showing up to fight, the Lord kept showing out. If you keep showing up, God will keep showing out. But there's one more plague we need to consider. There's one more plague where the Lord manifested his awesome unmatched power. This one night, there was a killing of the firstborn children. The, we refer to it as the Passover. On that night, the death angel took a tour of Egypt. Israel was instructed to take a male lamb or goat, no older than a year old and slaughter it they were to take the blood of the sacrifice and smear the blood on the doorposts of their dwellings when the death angel passed over Egypt he would look for that blood and when he saw the blood he would pass over that household if he saw a house with no blood then the oldest male of that family and their livestock would die that night there was a lot of wailing and anguish in Egyptian households that night y'all their oldest sons and males from their livestock perished but the households of God's chosen people were spared the death angel passed over their houses there was a major significant manifestation of God's power through Moses leadership God once again showed out on behalf of his people because Moses kept showing up and the things God did through Moses was no secret God manifested his power through Moses over and over again and verse 12 lets us know he did it all in the sight of all Israel 
in the sight of all Israel that how God used Moses was in front of everybody. God did these things in, in the sight of all Israel. God did it publicly. That's a good testimony, especially when you consider Moses didn't fight Pharaoh privately. The plagues weren't private. They were public. They were very public. And God has a way of using you and performing signs and wonders where everybody can see it. So let God use you to the point where you're anointed is too hard to hide. Let God use you so the devil knows your anointing is too hard to hide. Let God use you so all the powers of darkness know your anointing is too hard to hide. Be professional at work and carry yourself with all the sophistication you can muster, but make sure everybody knows your anointing is too hard to hide. And don't apologize for it either. Don't apologize for how folk turn to you to pray for their families when they're going through. Don't apologize for how God is using you to get folks saved and delivered from darkness. Don't regret, don't regret how God is showing out and changing lives because you keep showing up. Your anointing is too hard to hide. And when your anointing is too hard to hide, it is simply too hard to hide. Stop going to work wishing somebody would step to you wrong. Stop showing up in the spaces praying no one steps to you the wrong way. Rather, show up expecting God to do something awesome. Expect him to manifest his power through you that day each day every day can I get a witness here pray that since you're showing up God shows out and pray that he does it in front of everybody how God uses you in front of everybody is what can get folks saved is what can get folks delivered is what can get folks set free and out of everybody who sees what God is done what, what God does through you pray that somebody gets saved out of everybody who sees his power manifest in your life pray that somebody gets delivered out of everybody who sees how your anointing is too hard to hide pray that somebody gets healed pray that somebody gets set free in Jesus name the power of God manifested so mightily in Moses' life. The scripture says, backing up to verse 10, that there was no prophet in Israel like him. And that was true. That was true when that verse was written. He was, he was a bad motor scooter and there was no other prophet like him in all Israel when pen was put to paper to describe his legacy. But one day, one day in a manger, one day in a manger in Bethlehem, one day to a teenage virgin girl in whom the Lord found favor. One day, one day the angels declared the results of a divinely given ultrasound of a prophet. But more than that, a priest, a redeemer, a savior, a messiah, a king. They taught this girl you shall name him Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus was a far superior prophet than Moses. Jesus was a far superior prophet than Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel all of them put together. The other prophets spoke the word of God to the people of God but in Jesus we have the very word of God made flesh so when you hear Jesus you hear God when you see Jesus you see God when you have Jesus you have God and isn't Jesus awesome I said I said ain't Jesus awesome ain't he an awesome savior isn't he an awesome deliverer isn't he an awesome way maker isn't he an awesome provider isn't Jesus an awesome protector isn't Jesus an awesome healer ain't he awesome I need somebody who's tried him for yourself to tell me yes he's awesome and ain't nobody like him there's none like him anywhere there's never been any like him 
There never will be any like him. There's ain't nobody like Jesus. In fact, the old folk were saying, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody. I wish I had some help in here. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Is that your testimony today? With all the battles you've had to face, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Is that your testimony? With all the opposition you faced, with all the obstacles you come against, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Is that, is that why you're still here? Is that why cancer didn't take you out? Is that why drug addiction didn't take you out? Is that why the heart attack didn't take you out? Because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. That's why you're going to do miracles at work. That's why you're going to do awesome things. That's why you're going to hang in there. That's why you're going to make it. Because can't nobody let me quit. Do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. I need you to praise even with your mask on. And just declare, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. I need somebody who survived COVID. I need somebody who got sick with COVID. I need somebody who tested positive with COVID to look the devil in the eye and declare, can't nobody, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. How did you survive COVID? How did you survive cancer? How are you making it with lupus? Can't nobody, hallelujah, do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. That's the legacy we got to leave. That's the story our lives have to tell. That's the narrative of our, of our lives. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. That's why you got to surrender. That's why you got to let him have his way. That's why you got to let him in your life. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. That's why you got to say yes. Yes to your will. Yes. Yes to your way. Because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do me like the Lord. Is there a yes in your spirit? Is there a yes in your spirit? After all you've gone through, there's still a yes in your spirit. After all you've been through, there's still a yes in your spirit. Your yes has been tested. Your yes has been tried. Your yes has been stumped on. But you still say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, you can use me. Yes, Lord. Have your way in my life. Yes, Lord. I surrender. Yes, Lord. I'm staying in the game. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. With tears in my eyes. Yes, Lord. I'm beyond tired. Yes, Lord. I'm emotionally fatigued. But I still say yes. I still say yes. You've been too good to me. 
You've been too good to me. You made too many ways for me. Open too many doors for me. Hallelujah. I still say yes. They talking about you, laughing at you, dogging you out, but you still say yes, yes, yes. I got to serve him. Yes, I got to serve him. Yes, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. Yes, yes, yes. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he, ain't he? If you give God your yes, God will take care of you. If you say yes, God will, God will, God will take care of you. Can I get a witness? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't God do it? Won't God do it? Can I get a witness here? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he has. Yes, he is. Yes, he will. Shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you for how you fought my battles. Thank you for how you showed up when I showed up. Thank you for how you showed out when I showed up. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody here? Who owes him a thank you? Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord, for every mountain, for every valley. Thank you for every battle, for every victory. Thank you! Thank you, Lord. Thank you! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. 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 name. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Bless your name. Bless your name. Come on and put those hands together. I need every survivor, whatever you have survived, whatever you are surviving, I need you to just lift your hands as an act of surrender. Hallelujah. Every survivor, everybody who survived the plagues, everyone who survived the the attacks, everybody who survived the pain, the abuse, lift your hands as an act of surrender. Hallelujah. And if you really mean it from your heart, 
just say yes yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord oh release power today release strength to hang in there release strength to stay in the game until you say that's it release it God release power release power to do something amazing in every household every ministry every workplace release your power release your power in the name of Jesus this has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia we thank you for listening if you ever in the middle Georgia area please worship with us on the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family thank you for listening